my dad died in a kayaking accident when I was five. Oh, wow. Almost five. Yeah. And my mom and my little sister, there was two at the time, and I just became a, a tight little unit. My mom being very young, she was 26, and she didn't fake it. She didn't act like, mm-hmm. hey, I've got this together. I can't show them that I'm, I'm scared or we don't have enough money or we don't. She would just be transparent with us and say, your heavenly daddy is going to provide. Mm. And so let's watch how this goes. We're going to do our best, but he's going to take care of us. Hey everyone, welcome to the Resolutions Podcast, where we like to turn difficult topics into helpful conversations. I'm your host, Chris Campbell. Uh, This is going to be a fun episode. Today, I get to introduce you, our listeners, to a guest who is deeply invested in four areas that I also devote a lot of time to. Uh, Specifically, I'm talking about identity in Christ and the blessing of surrendering to God's love, skill and character development of young people, innovative ideas that touch the marginalized, and two-wheeled action sports. Uh, Longtime listeners of the podcast know that I love different disciplines of cycling, and more specifically, I've been a mountain biker for about 30 years. Uh, Many people don't know this, but for a number of years now, my home state, West Virginia, hosts a World Cup mountain biking event at Snowshoe Mountain Bike Park. Uh, It's honestly an event that has become world-renowned. It is a fantastic experience, and I love to go. A couple of years ago, I was in attendance, and in between races, I was walking through the vendor and demonstration area when I saw this bike stunt team doing some crazy stunts on a ramp anchored to the top of an old converted school bus. Uh, These kids were amazing. And as I got closer, I thought my ears were deceiving me. I was hearing some really edgy Christian music. Uh, Not the stuff you hear on the radio, but insider hardcore stuff. There was a big old symbol on the side of the bus and on some flags that read R-O-Y-A-L, Royal. This demonstration was drawing a number of spectators, and I hung out and watched the entire exhibition. And then as the crowd dispersed, I, I walked up to the lead and introduced myself. Uh, this guy's name was Brandon Heideman. And every so often you meet someone and instantly you think, I have got to get to know this guy a little better. Uh, That was definitely the case. So we swapped a few stories and traded info and almost a year went by and I was preparing once again to attend the Snowshoe Mountain Bike World Cup and I realized that Royal would be there again. So I reached out and made arrangements to not only spend time with Brandon, but to invite him to be a guest on the Resolutions podcast. Brandon graciously accepted the invitation and carved out time in his very busy schedule to sit down and talk about Royal Action Sports and Camps. Now, uh, let me tell you about Royal. This is straight off the website. Uh, Royal exists to provide the best action sports training available while reaching youth with the gospel and teaching them how to live in their identity as children of God. Royal is an innovative nonprofit anchored to a Christian declaration by the Apostle Peter found in the Bible. And it reads like this. But you are God's chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, Royal is further described as a collection of athletes, artists, and risk takers who are driven, innovative, and fearless. Most importantly, the royal family of action athletes are defined by the royal bloodline and royal heritage of a royal family. Specifically, identity in Christ as God's beloved kids. Royal runs camps and coaching clinics for kids of all ages, from upper elementary through young adults. As an extension of a spiritual mission, Royal provides expert coaching by pro athletes in the disciplines of skateboarding, BMX, mountain biking, and action scooter. Uh, That's a thing. Royal can work with young athletes at any beginning point, novice or skilled, and move participants forward in the areas of progression, 
confidence and consistency. Uh, at the time of our studio recording, here are some real-time uh, stats regarding Royal. Uh, they have worked with over 15,000 young people. They have over 900 volunteers and staff. They have over 100 pro athletes who compete at elite levels all over the world, and they have put on and hosted over 120 camps all under the singular vision of what we stated earlier. Uh, their facilities are world-class awesome, and the base camp for Royal is just outside of Beckley, West Virginia. Uh, that's got to be one of the best-kept secrets here in West Virginia. So what does all this have to do with mental health and the Resolutions podcast? The 21st century brings so many challenges for families, parents, and kids. So much has changed over the past decade, and yet the same archetypes for education, activities, character building, and sports and recreation options for young people remain largely unchanged. This leaves a huge gap of disparity for kids and teens who can't readily assimilate into traditional classroom settings or extracurriculars that target STEM kids or theater kids or the musically inclined. The result is an increasing number of boys and girls who have no way to challenge their youthful energy, nowhere to find positive peer relationships, and know how when it comes to forming a strong sense of identity and testing their notion of identity by being drawn outside of their comfort zone. So when CEO and second in charge of Royal, Brandon Heideman, agreed to be a guest, I thought this was going to be a win-win. We'll put the spotlight on one of the best kept secrets here in West Virginia and the U.S. And uh, we'll create a virtual portal for young people who have a penchant for action sports to be immersed in a life-changing opportunity. But the interview with Brandon quickly turned into so much more. I don't say this lightly, and I frankly don't say this often, but the presence of God in the lodge room where we staged the interview was thick. Uh, God's favor on Brandon was evident, and this humble, extraordinary man began to share his story, and I knew that what I was recording was going to reach a very broad audience. It was an incredible experience, and I'm so excited to invite you, our listeners, into the conversation today. The interview picks up with Brandon discussing his childhood after his father's death. Get ready to be blessed. Uh, after the interview, Michael and I will be back with a few closing remarks and resource links. Something very, very big to the story is my dad died um, in a kayaking accident when I was five, oh, wow. almost five. Yeah. And my mom and my little sister, that was two at the time, and I just became a, a tight little unit and just ran at life with everything we had. My mom being very young, she was 26 when my dad passed away and she just, she didn't fake it. She mm -hmm. didn't act like, mm -hmm. hey, I've got this together. I can't show them that I'm... I'm scared or we don't have enough money or we don't, she would just be transparent with us and say, your heavenly daddy is going to provide. Mm. And so let's watch how this goes. We're going to do our best, but he's going to take care of us, you know, and over and over and over, I would see just wild things happen. Food would show up. I mean, one time I was coming home on the school bus and I was praying for a snowboard. Nobody knew this. And I got home and there was a snowboard sitting on my porch it was the perfect size with bindings set up just like I would want. And a note on it said to Brandon from God, get out. <laughs> and I have no idea where that came from. Really? I've never found out. And no one knew that I was asking for it. Like that kind of stuff was happening. How, how old would you have been? I think I was 13. Oh, wow. Man. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And, and it's not like God was our genie in a bottle, but it mm -hmm. was just that he was so intentional about the detail. Mm -hmm. Another day uh, I had a, iPod stolen out of my locker and I was mad about it and I said God can I have another one of those please he said well what do you want I said just another iPod he said what do you want I said a black 80 gig iPod okay <laughs> and here a friend of mine that had no money that night walked in my front door I didn't tell anybody this either and handed me a brand new black 80 gig iPod and said I really don't know why but I feel like God told me to get this for you and that kind of stuff was happening all the time so the reason I say those stories 
is because that's been the theme the entire journey with Royal. It's been uh, just a desire to take what we've had around us, so taking what we have, where we're at, and doing what we could with it, and then it turned into something more, and another door would open, and then doing the same thing over and over. And so starting back when I was, oh, I guess 18 or 19, I had just shifted my focus from racing motocross. So I was racing professional motocross, and that was my identity. Okay. Growing up without a dad, I, I just wanted that affirmation. And you're from where? For Colorado. All right, all right. Yeah, right in the middle of Colorado. And so I had my identity so wrapped up into racing that if I wasn't on a motorcycle, I didn't know who I was. My heart was that little boy that was still looking for his daddy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it felt good when I got, you know, the praise from doing well at a race, but then when I didn't, then it, it would crush me a mm-hmm. little bit more every time. Mm-hmm. That combined with some other ways that God was just showing me you have to let go of trying to find your affirmation from people around you or companies that would want to sponsor you or, or whatnot. I just, uh, I finally surrendered and said, okay, if what you're saying is true, then I'm going to let go of all of these other opinions. The fear of man, for example, you know, what other people would think um, or, you know, where my career would go and the affirmation that would come from that because that was going to go away at some point or how much success I had when financially that stuff goes away mm-hmm. you know but God was consistently saying what you're longing for is on purpose I put this inside of you so that I could fill it and let go yeah and then I finally finally three weeks falling uh, crying myself to sleep I said okay I'm going to stop racing I'm just going to follow you and then started doing church services at the races and we race for fun, but yeah. um, rider support for the for the motocross scene. And then I connected with a friend. His name's Kevin Kozad, the MXers for Jesus, and traveled with him for I think three years. And then it just turned into a mountain bike ministry that turned into an event production company. Basically, we were doing events where we bring in bands and speakers and and athletes, and um, that was a lot of fun. It was all about identity then too, but um, there was a shift that God really pulled me out of the game for. And a lot of it had to do with a really, really gnarly week of my life. When I was 23, it was January 19th. Um, It was actually my dad's birthday. And I was in California doing an interview for a magazine called Decline. It was a mountain bike magazine. And I got a phone call that my dog, his name was Echo, he was a wolf, um, he had just gotten shot for chasing elk. Oh, man. And I was just crushed. He was yeah. my best friend. Yeah. As soon as we left the interview there, because we paused that, we went to a motocross track to get our minds off of, of that, and me and two of my buddies. And the third lap around there, my throttle stuck on my bike and pitched me off the bike, and I broke my femur. And so I'm in the hospital, and then I find out that my health insurance had just lapsed. So now I have $80,000 in debt. Wow. And I can't travel with the ministry anymore. I'm not able to work. I'm sitting there going, holy smokes. And then I drive back from California, and a girl that I'd been dating for about seven years off and on, um, she and I were middle school sweethearts and high school sweethearts. And then after that, we were just trying to figure out what life is like without each other in the scene. So I came back to her and I said, hey, life's not as good without you, so I think we should get married. And she said yes to that. It wasn't a proposal, but it was the direction. (laughs) And the next morning, so this is all within five days. The next morning, I got a phone call that she had just been killed in a car accident. Wow. And so all of, yeah, it was like gut punch after gut punch. And then pretty soon I was just, I was like, okay, God, like, I can't hold on anymore. The things that I want, like, I don't even really care about them right now. Um, the only thing I was scared of is losing my mom or my sister because of just that tight, deeply rooted intimacy that we three got from the seasons of walking together um, after my dad passed away. And so there's this week where I just felt like everything that I was holding on to and dreaming about and pushing for just kind of got ripped out of my hands. And I remember God saying, you can be bitter and angry and that's okay. But 
don't be bitter and angry about things you don't understand and just mm. trust me. Mm. Even if you can't see it, just lean in and trust me. And this is where I think I had what they call as dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. where you're like, I don't know if I believe in you right now. Yeah. Let me just get real. Like, where are you? Right. And I, I remember tears streaming down my cheeks, laying on the couch with my leg up, just going, God, if you're really real and if you're there, just like I've seen you my whole life, I'm all in and you're all that I'll ever want. And I don't want to waste my energy on things that can be taken away. I can enjoy them with hands open, but I don't want to grasp them like I've got a death grip on them anymore. Yeah. And that changed everything going forward because I felt this joy start just kind of flooding through my whole body, really. It was crazy. And I was still, everything hurt really bad, but that joy <laughs> was like a foundation that I was standing on just saying, Yeah. I'm okay. No matter what happens, no matter if this dream for this ministry never works, no matter if I never am able to walk again, or if, you know, if I'm financially a mess, what, I'm okay. Because if I have you, and if I know that I'm yours, my value and my identity is rooted in who you are, Mm -hmm. and you say that we're we're meant to be one. Um, Mutual mind, I love this word that I've been really pressing into lately of being of mutual mind, meaning unified in the same belief and values, um, value system. And that's been just my aim. I think the, the biggest thing that I have my hopes up for is I want mutual mind connection with God that created me. I want to be in the flow of his presence, knowing that, hey, this is how he looks at me. And if I'm just thinking about, if I acknowledge him, and I'm looking for him like Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, mm-hmm. he'll make your paths straight. Mm-hmm. No, my understanding, it won't. It won't lead me to where I, need, you know, where I need to go. But if I trust in him with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, in all my ways I just look for him, acknowledge him, he's going he's gonna to make these paths straight. And I've seen that over and over. So how long did it take you like from that point of, of brokenness, you know, where it's like, all right, I'm going to settle this lordship thing. However, however you want to frame that theology-wise and, yeah. you know, just receiving, you know, God in the fullest sense. Uh, I'm curious. I think I think our listeners would be too. It's like, how, how, what was that like progressing your recovery with your femur? I mean, just everything. What, what was that like? This is going to sound really crazy, but I feel like it was... Everything was building to that point. I left out one really crucial part of that story that I normally don't tell anybody. Um, I had, excuse me, I had this really sweet dependence on God growing up because we knew that we didn't have a a backup plan. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any other choice. And it was really sweet to, the need and desperation for him and reliance on him brought a nearness of, of, focus and you could just sense that he was just really active and then when things got more comfortable and I guess more I got more complacent I lost that sweet closeness with him mm-hmm. you know it's not that our relationship went went away but I just didn't think about him as much I didn't mm-hmm. long for him I wasn't as excited about when he would come through mm-hmm. because I just didn't seem to need it as bad and so and in November, the year before this, um, 2008, I remember looking out and I had a supercross track in the backyard and I had um, my bikes sitting there, my mountain bikes, my truck, Echo running around the yard. And I, my family had an excavating company. I was able to build dirt jumps and wow. you know, I was just looking across my grandpa's farm that I was living on. And we had steaks on the grill, I remember, and uh, I was like, man, this is good, but I miss being desperate for you, Dad, you know, speaking to the Father. And I said, if you need to take things away to get me back to that place, mm-hmm. and he did, mm-hmm. but it was worth it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a scary prayer. <laughs> right. God, if you want to make me uncomfortable so I'm desperate for you, go yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was so worth it. And it's changed my whole perspective and, 
and the opportunities coming from that point because he prompted me for a, a better option, even though it would be uncomfortable. So it took, it was leading up to November, then it took till January for all of that to happen. And then from that point for me to recover or start this different process, I, did, I don't know if I have really ever recovered, but I think that I'm more aware of how fragile things are mm-hmm. and how okay I am without things that I thought I needed for survival. So immediately I felt more, when I surrendered that, I say, okay, God, I want you. I trust you. I don't have any other options. I don't want any other options. I feel like it was immediate where that joy hit and I felt invincible. I, th- I was thinking of a clip with Travis Pastrana in it and it was old, I don't remember what it was, maybe a Nitro Circus video or something, but he said, I was afraid of pain until I realized you get to a certain point and then you just pass out. Right. You know, and I was like, right. yeah, I can relate to that in a different way. You know, and I was like, I don't feel like that I am as fragile my identity is not fragile anymore, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because I know who I am spiritually. Mm-hmm. And if I'm God's son spiritually, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this life and hold it open-handed and chase these dreams and watch for opportunities and trust God to do what only he can do. We mm-hmm. pray Ephesians 3.20 every day. Our phone goes off at 3.20. And it's a surrender prayer saying, hey, yeah. we let go and we want your dreams more than our dreams. Mm-hmm. Can you show us where you're mm-hmm. moving? Let us find you. Mm-hmm. It's been good. But. Yeah, that's tremendous. Now, um, here's what here's what I'd like. I'd like to circle back, and like I'm really interested. How who discipled you? Like you know what I mean? It's like how did you how did you come to know? You know what is just like critical data, critical information as far as what I would call just like authentic. Christian biblical mm-hmm. faith. Um, who taught you that? Because you're right. Everything you know has to be on the foundation of identity. But you know, Brandon, as you're talking, I mean, it just oozes out of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's in your pores, right? So, yeah, I would love to hear. You know, what was the spiritual formation? Even if it was 19 or 23 or that age gap, you know, that that mm-hmm. life phase where it really all of a sudden clicked. But what was that like for you? That was, <clears throat> I would say first and foremost, my mom. Growing up, just her authentic, just being real, like I was mentioning earlier. And she was always very, she was always very in love with the, with the Lord. Then there's uh, several other people that, that poured in to me, and I'm so thankful for them. But one key guy in particular, his name was Greg. Um, I was about to do an event through Our Generation Ministries, which now is is Royal, um, at Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado, right outside of Denver. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting the day before this event, and I was praying it wasn't going to snow on our event because it would have shut down our event. And um, there's a guy that was throwing a tennis ball to this dog and the guy walks over. It's just him and I in the huge amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And he sits down and he said, Hey, um, can I take you to uh, Starbucks or something and get you a cup of coffee? I've, I have some questions I want to ask you. I said, okay. So it's kind of strange, but we went to Starbucks and <clears throat> he said, I believe I'm supposed to disciple you and it's supposed to be about your identity. Never met him before. Never met him. Wow. And I, I'm like, well, I've been doing full-time ministry for, you know, I think six years at this point. And I said, I, I kind of know the basics, you know, and, and I was, I feel like if I could have a conversation with myself, I'd come back. Um, but essentially he started challenging a lot of the things that I had learned, and I want to be really careful and clear with this. <clears throat> I had been taught a lot of things in church that were not biblical, but they were like, you're trying to... I would read the Bible trying to prove what I've been taught rather than reading the Bible mm-hmm. and then believing what is being told is either truth or, or misinformation. 
So I had it backwards. And I think that a lot of the sermons and a lot of the, there was little bits of truth that were skewed. And I had built my whole foundation on that. And, and this guy, Greg, he said, why don't you just read the Bible to read the Bible and understand what it means and inform your belief off of that? And I said, well, there's a lot of things I'm confused about. I don't understand how certain things tie together. And he said, all right, let's, let's start there. And he said, let me ask you, are you a, who are you? And so I'm a sinner, but I've been saved by grace. He said, so you're a sinner. I said, yeah. He said, but if you've been saved by grace, are you a sinner? I said, yes, I'm still a sinner. And he's like, the Bible says that you're not a sinner in your identity spiritually once you've been saved by grace. So now you're a son. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about identity now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you being proud of who you are and excited about who he is to sustain you. And you're going to deal with this flesh that wants this world is going to make mistakes. It's going to step the wrong direction at times. But that doesn't define you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, your true identity, actually, that's our tagline with Royal because of this. Your true identity, if you've said yes to this relationship with God, then you're a spiritual being having a human experience that God is looking at you through the payment that Jesus made. And so we're now, we have access to all of what he wanted us to with the, the power, the authority, the, the favor. And it's just us growing into that belief. You know, and so when he said you're a son, yeah, did that land immediately, or was it something that you sort of had to to wrap your mind around? Um, oh. My my wife lost her dad at a very early age, mm. and uh, I've heard her share many times that you know her her journey in faith has been one where she's continually trying to understand you know, God as as father and yeah. her as his daughter and stuff. So I, I was just curious, you know, did that, did that land immediately for you or was it sort of like, whoa, what? It made me mad. Did it really? <clears throat> it made me mad because he was disassembling what I had built my, mm. my house or my faith on. And he was telling me I was wrong. Mm. And I was like, Hey man, I thought you just wanted a cup of coffee. And here you're telling me that everything I've built, my belief, my worldview, all of what I value, you're saying that's wrong. I didn't sign up for this meeting, you know, it kind of made me mad, but we eventually got to that sun part and it was like everything leading up to that point of my, the echoes of my mom saying, Hey, your heavenly daddy is going to provide or him doing all the just crazy detailed things that he did to prove to me that he was my father. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when it started clicking and then I was overwhelmed. I'm like, Oh my gosh, wow, you are my dad. I am your son. And I think it's a daily thing for me. Oh, I know that Romans 8, 6 says, you, if your mind is controlled by the flesh, it's, it's death. You've reaped death. You're going to walk into death. Um, your choices won't have life. But if your mind's controlled by the Spirit, then you find life and you find peace. And so that's the key for me every day. And that's what we're teaching our kiddos at, at Royal, mm-hmm. whether it's camp or after school or whatever. Uh, we're doing with them at that time you get the choice that if you've said yes to again what Jesus did to make this possible then every day it's like a light switch it's like which direction do you want do you want to think about him and get into that flow Mm -hmm. being connected with the mind of Christ and having your mind controlled by the spirit which brings life and peace or do you want to choose just a lot of dead uh, choices that are not going to bring you what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just being focused on kind of the immediate, what do I want and need right now for my flesh? Like, yeah. yeah. you know, and so that whole process with Greg, really the two and a half years with him started a cycle of every day. Now all of us get this, but I know that my responsibility is when I wake up, uh, I have an alarm at seven thirty that goes off and says, remember who you are and spend some, just some time with your dad before you start doing anything else because if i can connect with him then my mind's controlled by spirit and it's and it's all day long you know but i'm still in that process big time so anyway we started with that and immediately went right into this journey that if i had five hours with you i could just show you thing after thing after thing for example i this is the first move he said I want you to shift the name and I want you to start um, the model of camping rather than events because 
events will come later. Okay. As part of the infrastructure of the camps allowing the off seasons and stuff. And what we're doing now with the summit property, um, is just a mind blowing uh, miracle. But in order for us to do the discipleship piece first and drill deep with relationships, we had to have this, this camp model first and going from living in, in Vale at this time in Colorado, working there and then commuting over and spending half the time with him, Greg in Evergreen by Denver, uh, I said, okay, well, we'll switch the name and how the heck do we start a summer camp? I don't know anything about this, but I know a lot of people in different camping organizations like Young Life and some of those. But he said, I want you to fly to Dallas, get a ticket and just go. And I said, I don't know anybody in Dallas. And I couldn't get it off my mind. I couldn't sleep yeah. at night. He's yeah. like, just go to Dallas. Yeah. So I buy a ticket, I drive, I fly to Dallas, and I'm there for four days or so and nothing happens. I'm like, great, this is awesome. Like, did I hear you right? What's, what am I doing? I feel insane. And I go into an Einstein bagels, and I'm in line. There's a guy that's standing next to me in construction outfit and uh, small talk. He's like, how's your day? You good? And he said, well, what do you do? So, well, I'm actually trying to start a summer camp. This is weird, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's supposed to be X Games, Jesus. It's the first time that you've, that anyone's combined the X Games or action sports stuff with the summer camp model and it being faith-based. And um, the guy starts to cry. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> and this big, tough construction guy said, I was in the shower and God told me I needed to help someone start a summer camp. And I thought I was what? crazy. <laughs> and he said, what do you need? And I said, a business plan and a video. That's all I know right now. <laughs> and he said, well, what's that going to cost? I said, 10000 I don't know. I mean, you can spend anything on a video, but if I could, yeah. if I have $10,000, I could probably get the right consultants to get something started with a business plan. And he wrote me a check for five grand right there and said, hey. On the spot. Yeah. Well, he committed to it and we went over to his house and he handed me the check. Wow. And that kind of stuff has happened over and over and over the whole time. Yeah. I mean, the reason we're in West Virginia is because we started, uh, we've looked for two and a half, three years for a property. Um, and <laughs> we... Found one in Colorado and loved it. Raised the money for it. It was all in escrow, ready to go, day before closing on this property. And I wake up, my gut's in knots. I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, I really believe that God said not to buy this property. Like, we've come this far, and it's been good until this point. Now he's choosing to say no. And I just, I pressed in. I said, God, is this really you saying don't do this? And I knew it was his voice. Hmm. Um told our team, talked to our board, our prayer team, everybody. And they just all said, if God's saying it, then follow it. Hmm. And so we passed on the property day before closing. And I'm heartbroken. I'm like, oh, man, now what? Send all the money back to the donors. Now we need to communicate and find a new place. An hour and a half goes by while I'm panicking. And my phone rings, another guy in Dallas. He said, Brandon, are you going to buy that place or not? And I said, no. He said, okay. That's that's confirmation. I need you to fly out here and meet me and my business partner. And he and his business partner were the visionaries and the main um, main driver behind the summit Bechtel Reserve being built. Mm. And the address is Jack First Drive, you know. And Jack First was was one of the guys in that meeting. He and and Isaac and I love those guys. They're mm. they're they're characters. Um, yeah, I I would so much to say about how thankful I am for them. But essentially, they, an hour and a half later, said, we think that God's chosen you to be one of the, the operators on this. Of course, the Boy Scouts operate here, but we really want to see big impact happen here at the summit. And so why don't you fly out and look at this place? And I mean, a, a property of 145 acres in Colorado turned into an opportunity to use the summit of 10,600 acres. I mean, it's more than my mind can wrap around, mm-hmm. you know, and we're talking mm-hmm. events, the amphitheater at the summit is gigantic. You can fit 80,000 people there, you know, and you have all the BMX and skateboarding. I mean, two of the, the nicest and one of the biggest concrete parks in, uh, in the whole East coast. It was the second largest skate park in the U S for a while wow. on the summit. And 
36 miles of mountain bike trails. There's shooting. There's, I mean, water sports, rock climbing. It's crazy. And that's just, again, how God's been doing this whole thing. I'm trying to wrap my mind around everything that you just said. I, I, I would like to have you pray for me, but my but it's like always last minute. I don't, <laughs> you know, God is just always like last minute, last minute, last totally, minute. Totally, yeah. Uh, and that is, that is often the Christian experience, right? You know, it's like, it, and even, even the, the greatest storylines in the Bible, it leads right up to this, 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 crisis of faith or a moment yeah. of faith to where it's like God's like I need you to understand I got you yeah I got you so you know good. and uh, yeah so I I do I do want to I want to hear about how you guys recruit staff your leaders and things like that uh, before we even talk about okay now how does a young person get involved awesome okay yeah um, and but you know, it, it, like hit us just real quick with, okay, so you've crossed X Games, Jesus. It's, you know, it's, it's the extreme end of active sports and the arts with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So uh, hit us with what is the mission? Because you've listed three or like three different venues that I'm, that I'm counting, right? You yeah. got your outreach, your camps, you know, your competitions and stuff. But give, give us just a, a summary now of... Mm -hmm. of uh, of what we're talking about. Well, it is action sports when it comes to Camp Royal, <clears throat> but the, the umbrella of Royal is to communicate and equip uh, this generation and the next and the next with what true identity means um, through culturally relevant platforms. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of ways where different efforts that we're putting out there, like the action sports piece with camp, we've got elite athlete outreach with Bible studies and Zooms and uh, wanting to pour into them more and more to support them while they're at races like this one that we're at right now yeah. so they can feel that, that support and community. And then you've got other things. Um, I won't get into all of it, but there's a lot of, when I say culturally relevant platforms, you've got events, you've got camps, you've got after-school programs, you've got training facility, you've got the athlete outreach, um, and we we're about to kick off a gap year program. So those are the vehicles, but all of it comes back to this centri uh, centered point of the bullseye of being, who are we as God's children? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's our value. And if you're living your life understanding that the value of your choices now that will echo into eternity, as Gladiator mm -hmm. says, I love that movie. Mm -hmm. um, and understanding how valuable we are right now to our Father, it changes the, the whole perspective on why do we want to do what we want to do? And mm -hmm. what am I investing my time and energy into? And what do I really, um, what do I value? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm a son of the Most High God, and I don't have to worry about provision and this and that, I just need to be faithful and say yes to Him as often as I possibly can, mm -hmm. Now I'm actually doing stuff that's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get to heaven and be like, all right, cool. So now eternity starts. Mm -hmm. Jesus is like, mm -hmm. no, actually that started when you said yes to me. Mm -hmm. But you just were sleeping basically because you never paid attention to all that I wanted to do around you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I think that bullseye for royal is that people get to understand how God sees them mm -hmm. and what an opportunity they have to walk right now with him that, that echoes into eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So, so let's hear like, where do you find your coaches? Mm -hmm. How do you recruit your staff? How do you, how do you vet and make sure, you know, that you've got not just uh, safe people, but people with vibrant spirituality coming in, you know, who can integrate into the Royal vision, the mission. Yeah, that's, that's great. So we have obviously a core team that's, it's, 15 people right now that are full-time. And then our summer staff grows to about 45 mm -hmm. at times. That's athletes and, and summer staff. So our core team, that's very relational, very network-based um, is how our, our full-time staff has come. But 
And so I can answer that later. I think you're talking about summer staff, though, right? Like for the yeah, counselors just, and yeah, coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the above, but whatever, however you want to break that down. I, I am very interested. Like, where do you find these people? Mm. Like, where do you find your, your staff, your coaches, your, you know, your your people who can have that level of expertise? That's been, that's been through a lot of prayer. It's the same way he's provided everything else. You know, the, the full-time staff that we have, they're spread all over. We have some people in California. We have some people in Utah, Colorado. We have, um, I actually live full-time in Atlanta. I keep my stuff there is what I say. I'm on the road a lot, and I'm here most of the time in West Virginia in the summer. But um, we have summer staff and full-time staff here in West Virginia. And um, it's just spread out. And so we... A lot of that comes through relationships with our close friends and family, and they're like, hey, this person would really love what you guys do. Why don't you talk? You know, mm-hmm. Or some mm-hmm. of our donor families, because mm-hmm. this is all through, you know, Royal is a nonprofit, and so we're sustained through donations, and mm-hmm. that's been amazing. Mm-hmm. I used to hate asking people for money to do this, and then God woke me up one day and said, hey, it's not asking people to fund your dream, I want them to be a puzzle piece in this bigger picture. And the reason that you're in this is the same reason that they can be in this because both of you can make a bigger, more complete picture together. And that really started to make me excited about the relational side instead of the, the money needed for us to operate. And so that's a large way that we've gotten staff as well is through our, our donor families. Um, but then summer staff, we have, we've reached out through like Liberty University and different colleges and gone to the job fairs and whatnot. And that's where summer staff, uh, has come from in the past, but I would love for us to, to handpick our summer staff through a gap year program. That's my, mm-hmm. my dream. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're hoping for just for the unity and the understanding, the education, the excellence that'll come from such a a bonded group already mm-hmm. and step into summer camp that'll that'll be amazing so that's our goal but yep we um we have an application on our website that people will fill out once in a while and we've met some really neat people through that that have just googled us and so that's another one but um then athletes we it's very much a network game where it's not uh it's not a big world when it comes to you know believers that are out there at this level um, so we, we're really specific on what relationships we want to bring into the culture, but there's all shapes and sizes, all kinds of different, different giftings and strengths and, and whatnot. And so we, we try to choose a theme, like bring in a, a top level a tier one athlete, if you will, top of the game for one of the sports each week. And then have a professional athlete coach for each of them, but have one big name each week. And that's the sport that we have folks. For example, um, one of my dear friends now, Cody Flom, he's, I think, number two right now in the world for scootering. Mm-hmm. And he comes out, his week is primarily scooter mm-hmm. riders, you mm-hmm. know, because all the scooter riders want to come see Cody. And then we'll have, like, David Lieb. He's, and Christian Earhart. Those are two of our FMB, or freestyle mountain bike coaches, and we'll have a ton of bikers there that week. But they have friends they bring in to the equation. Cool. Yeah, it's a really big, fun networking game. Cool. Yeah, it sounds fabulous. And it does not surprise me to hear you say, well, I just pray. Yeah. And they show up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, all right. So how does a young person, like give me, give me first of all, what ages that you guys are set up to, to host, uh, to work with, to coach? And then how does a young person find you? Yeah, that's great. We're uh, 9 to 17 years old for overnight camp. And then 7 to 17 years for our day camps. And then um, after school program has been primarily middle school, but we have had some high school. Uh, Then when it comes to... Is after school in Atlanta? Nope, that one's in, in... Beckley area. Okay, Beckley. Beckley okay, wow, okay. Yep. And we're, we're actually opening this year full, uh, full year-round program for training, and we're going to be open to the public. Okay. So that's going to be really 
really good for us and the public. A lot of people have been like, well, it's closed to the public unless you go to summer camp or yeah. after school program. Yeah. So we're going to try to change that this, this fall, like in a few weeks. So that's going to be good. We'll, we'll just open it up to the big kids and the little kids, meaning the adults like us that want to go play. Yeah. And, um, people find us generally on Google or we'll do some advertising on Facebook, but the biggest, most powerful way that we've seen to get the name out is just connecting with the families that have experienced what happens at Royal. So yeah, we always just try to get people out. We'll have events like we have a, a Royal Rumble is our freestyle mountain yeah, bike event yeah. each spring. So that was in May, down. right? Yep. 15th, 14th, somewhere in there. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That gets the word out a little bit. You know, we're, we just built a giant, beautiful new skate park. So we're going to be using that for some scooter um, competitions and getting some more, um, just more eyes on what we've got going on. But yeah. we need people to help spread the word. Yeah. That's really what it comes down well, to. Well, you tell me if you build it, they will come. Right. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that's now what you're saying. <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that, that is, uh, that's tremendous. Now, um, before before we, I, I want to shift and make sure that we that we do a callback, we circle back. I, I've, I've got a question that I'm that I'm dying to ask you, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, talk to me about technology and how you're using that too as well, not just for the coaching and so mm -hmm. forth, but again, I'm assuming there's a there's a strong tie-in with the mm -hmm. gospel identity. Uh, you know, just picking up you know the cues that you give yourself throughout the day. You know, mm -hmm. seven thirty, three twenty. How talk talk to us about you know that that technology that you're using, and you're talking about me personally or with Royal with Royal okay. or yeah or both but yeah sure. yeah with Royal because I like Royal Pro is what I'm talking about right yeah in, okay. that's right yeah yeah we have a a really fun app that it's essentially camp in your pocket is what we were talking about when talking about the concept here and we want to have engagement with our campers all year round instead of just one week mm -hmm. you know and how how does that work i think a lot of it's through gamification rewarding people for being engaged um my skills my life my world those are three different sections in the app where you can check in oh i hydrated or i stretched or i ate something healthy or i mm -hmm. reached out to a mm -hmm. friend you know and i gave them a compliment or i prayed for somebody or i read my identity statement or you know, you can go down the list and you get points for all of those things. And that keeps the kids engaged because there's a podium and this week, you know, it'll put their name. Like a virtual picture. podium? Yeah. Yep. And awesome. Yeah. So that's fun. And then there's a lot of other things like tutorials for BMX tricks or skateboard tricks or um, how do you understand what the Bible is trying to tell you? Like, mm -hmm. How do you read the Bible? And then there's a, we partnered with the Bible Project on this. Oh, yeah. And they're an awesome group. Yeah. And so they let us host all their videos and stuff, and they've given us a lot of support. But it's illustrated stories and summaries of, like, oh, this is what the Old Testament is. This is what the New Testament is. Yeah. This is what it means that Jesus died on the cross and uh, can give you new life. You know, and, and just is really engaging. Um and then there's several other things on the app, and we're about to roll out a whole new version of it that's going to feel a lot more like um, Instagram. And I hate to say this, but it's kind of got the, a mix between Instagram and TikTok feel. But it's the same platform, and it just looks a lot different. So yeah. that's going to be more engaging, and yeah. the kids can have instant gratification of posting a quick video or whatever. And yeah, that's been that's been great. And then of course we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, right. and those things too, which you right. gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta do. Which we'll, we're going to post all of those links in the show notes. Awesome. So anybody that listens to this, you know, we'll we'll be sure to be spreading the word. And uh, thank you. You know, I you know um, I'm interested in um, as a young kid who single mom is raising you. You know how how often are you able to you know, really step into those marginal areas. You know, how does God work a straight dad? You know, mm. because before you understand who you are in Christ, you're perpetually looking for a sense of security, acceptance, significance. Yeah. And so you're going to try on several different personalities or try several different activities until it clicks, right? And so what's that look like with marginalized kids, kids on the fringes? Like, what are you seeing there with that? 
I love that question. Um, you're going to get me emotional on that one. Take your time. <laughs> um, that's why we're, I mean, I believe that every child needs this, whether they're from a, a really healthy, well-to-do neighborhood with, with the money and the, the family support or the kids that are at their fourth foster home. And the reason I get emotional <clears throat> is because I can't tell you how many times that we've done scholarship programs for some of these kids that would never be able to afford to go to camp. Um, and they're tugging on your arm at the end of the week saying, I wish you were my dad. Mm. And you're like, oh. mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And knowing what they're going back to is the hard part. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why I think that the more we can raise up more athletes to just be spread across at all these skate parks and be really intentional to build relationships with these kids, not just show yeah. up and ride, just look for opportunity. We talk to our coaches all the time about this. It's like, you don't just have a platform when you're here at Royal or when you make a social media post or you're at a competition. Every time you show up to the bike park or the dirt jumps or the skate park, or anywhere, look around because there's little eyes that are watching you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I was one of those little kids. That's why I like flat bill hats, is because all the motocross guys they yeah. wore flat bill hats yeah, when yeah. I was growing up. And yeah. I'm like, hey, that's cool. I want to be like that. Yeah. And that's what uh, with the marginalized kids, we will always have a program like our day camp program. Mm -hmm. um, we lose a lot of money on that every year mm -hmm. just because it's, it's enormous to have that much staff and the pro athletes and the parks and stuff. But we uh, will always have that day camp program for the local kids because mm -hmm. they wouldn't be able to afford. A lot of them would not be able to afford to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's, there's the more that we can, again, raise up, even our campers to go out and be positive, like shepherds, if you will, at the mm -hmm. different skate parks. That's, mm -hmm. that's how we can really make a big impact grassroots style that I think the enemy would try with everything he could to, to stop, but he can't. Um, right. I just see in Colossians uh, chapter one, it's as I think it's starting in four. He said, you can't stop. The growth of the gospel once it starts. Mm -hmm. The seed is planted, truth is received, and all of a sudden it starts to grow like a vine, mm -hmm. and no one, nothing can stop that. Mm -hmm. And I see that happening. We've had several people say this. They, they feel like as they've been praying for Royal or had a dream or whatever, it's like there's this fire started in West Virginia, and then there's these embers that would fly up. And then if you think about Google Earth and you zoom out, yeah. seeing those fly up in the, and then land in different That's parts of the world. That's a great word picture. Yeah. Starting fires everywhere. Yeah. I'm like, come on, let's yeah. do this. It's, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So. That vision is rich, right? You know, especially when, um, you know, I, I, I always go back to Jesus would say, hey, don't trouble the little children. Let them come mm -hmm. to me, you know. And Jesus said, you want to understand the kingdom, and he puts a child. And so I've always thought, man, the crosshairs of the enemy mm -hmm. are on kids because that's, that's where we learn you know, so much of, of faith. And yet, you know, globally, but especially as we see it you know, in our context here, you know, we have kids who automatically believe that there's something wrong with them because rather than blessings, there's curses that's been directed at them yeah. their whole time. They are labeled as ADHD, and so they've, they've got all this energy. They can't mm -hmm. focus, you know, or whatever. Or, you know, what, we, what, what, what I learned with, with working with, with kids who've, like, suffered from trauma or extended period of, of duress, it's like, um, it's like your comment, you know, where uh, I've got a plate and several screws in this shoulder. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, well, I know death is not going to hurt any more than this. Mm -hmm. because you pass out, right? <laughs> and these young people, like, they will step into extreme sport opportunities and take risk just because, like, they've already, 
they've already lived through as mm-hmm. much pain as what they can they can fathom but rather than trying to numb that pain with with uh, controlled substances or alcohol or just trying to birds of a feather you know getting getting together the vision that you have there uh, with Royal is is rich that's of God yeah. like that's mm-hmm. that's of God so Okay, I got I got one more thing that I gotta ask, and then and then we'll get you out of here. I respect your time. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know I was gonna ask this. Talk to single moms mm. who are trying to make a go of it, raising high-powered little kids. Oh, you man, know, yeah. um, you know, single moms who you know they 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 have a faith in Christ. But, you know, in your case, your mom never grew up as a little boy, didn't know what it was like to be a boy, didn't, I'm sure was struggling, how do I help him step into manhood? What, what would you say to, to single moms out there with sons and daughters? Mm. Man. And brag this, on your mom. I'm giving you an opportunity. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she has set the bar so high. Um, it's probably why I'm not married yet. That's that's a joke. But I'm like, I love so much of how my mom was intentional and real mm. and never stopped. Um, just, uh, just proving over and over how much that, that she cared and she was paying attention, even though she had a lot on her plate. So if I could say anything is the stakes are high, like very high. But the pressure is off when you just trust that the Father's going to take care of the needs and the details. And if you can be present instead of trying to do all the things for, do all these things with mm-hmm. or into. Look in their eyes. Tell them constantly that, that you love them. Yeah. Because those are the things that shaped my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, I think I could sit and listen to you storytell for hours and hours. But uh, by way of wrapping up, Brandon, how can our listeners uh, find out more about Royal and about you? Uh, what's the best way for them to get tied into the vision, uh, you know, to get behind it, you know, with resources? Thank you. Yeah. Um, my email is, is brandon at camp-royal.com if there's any questions or if anybody wanted some some clarification on something I might have rambled about, but um, and our website is weareroyal.com, and there's ways if it's wanting to you know sponsor some kids to go to camp. Mm-hmm. We have a scholarship fund that's a tax deductible uh, donation there. Uh, we have building projects. We're always needing volunteers and and supplies for new new dorms and new bunk beds, and it's it's a fun problem to have. But mm-hmm. there's that. Um, we really need a new roof. If there's someone listening that knows how to do that, that would be a huge blessing to just give us some guidance on that. But, um, and then, you know, Instagram and Facebook are at, um, at Camp Royal. You can Google it and it'll pull it up. But I think the Royal Camp is on Facebook. Has someone else had that name? Darn it. Yeah. If they go to your website, they can just click right a there. button yep. and they'll get there That's right. and stuff. And, and again, we'll have all of these links in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, man, thank you so much thank today. You. It's been a privilege for me to introduce you to our, to our listeners. And uh, we're just going to believe there's going to be more and more and more great stories. Uh, the, the, uh, the fire that started in the embers. I, That's right. I will think about that you know, yes. for, for days to come. So thanks so much, Brandon. Thank you, Chris. What an honor. So we're back, and I'm here with co-host Michael Gum. Hey, and we have just a few closing remarks. First of all, we trust that Brandon's personal story has provided just the right encouragement for listeners to go deeper and believe the best about God's goodness and love despite trying circumstances. Yeah. Uh, second, uh, we would invite every listener to take a few minutes and check out the We Are Royal website. That URL is available in the show notes, of course. 
Next, we'd encourage you to share this episode with parents who might be looking to steer their kids into non-traditional activities or clubs or opportunities. Uh, This specific uh, type of non-traditional action sports that provide character building opportunities aren't for every kid, but it does click with a lot of kids. Mm. So take that into consideration. If you don't have kids and you're attracted to Brandon's story and the mission of Royal, we would encourage you to consider giving to Royal, to partner with them. Uh, This is an established nonprofit since 2005, and they are producing results. If you're looking for a creative way to channel your giving and benevolence, we would wholeheartedly recommend Royal. Finally, like Royal, we here at Resolutions Counseling and the podcast emphasize the blessing and importance of knowing who you are, your personal identity. Mm -hmm. And we 100% endorse identity in Christ. In the show notes, you'll find a link to the Freedom in Christ Ministries resource store where you can purchase resources that will take you deeper into this steadfast subject matter. Michael, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Uh, loved that interview. Uh, you know, loved not only hearing about all the stuff that Royal does because I'd never heard of it, um, and man, just hearing his story and just I was, you know, encouraged and I think challenged by just the amount of faith demonstrated uh, in, in, in him telling his story. And, I, and, and it's my hope that our listeners uh, can take the same encouragement from that. Uh, just a, as a way of wrap up here, we would love for you again, just to check out those show notes. We've got some great resources in there. And another thing that uh, I'm starting to put in there uh, is some, something new, uh, something a little bit fun is I, I've been putting together some worship playlists inspired by each of our episodes. Uh, you know, I am a worship leader by day and podcast by also day. Uh, so I just wanted to integrate some of those two things together. So so check out the, the Spotify link for that, as well as the song list, if uh, Spotify isn't your thing. Uh, in addition to that, just our, our usual stuff. You know, we, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast, uh, share it with a friend if it's been an encouragement to you today. And uh, if you haven't done so, just uh, give us a, a, a good review uh, just to, to help people find our podcast and just to help us help more people. All right, no doubt. So until next time, I'm Chris Campbell. I'm Michael Gum. And we'll meet up again at our next episode drop. Drop.